Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David on this week's episode of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. Are you ready to spice up your sex life? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. We are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. And we love talking about everything related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex, because great sex matters and we all deserve it. How can the harmonious combination of cannabis and joyful movement amplify body confidence and foster self-love, creating a space for individuals to embrace their unique beauty and dance to their own rhythm? Today, we're joined by the incredible Bevan, creator of Fat Kid Dance Party, and we will explore the joyful synergy between cannabis and body confidence. Discover how this power duo can ignite your passion for movement, banishing insecurities, and embracing the pure joy of being in your body. Get ready to groove, laugh, and feel the liberation of self-love as we dive into the magic of cannabis-assisted movement, empowering you to unleash your inner dance diva and celebrate the beauty of your unique self. It's a journey of self-discovery, self-expression, and pure body positivity. As we do on every show, let me tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because no one wants to sleep in the wet spot. And Squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket and order yours today. Great sex starts now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I'm Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, and I am so excited to welcome today's special guest. Bevan, no last name, like Prince and Madonna, created Fat Kid Dance Party to help folks learn to love their bodies, embrace their awkwardness, and open up to self-care. A childhood of bullying because of her weight kept her off the dance floor, and when she found out the idea that all bodies are worthy of love no matter what, it changed her life. Bevan has been reclaiming dance floors along with teaching, performing, and writing about body positivity for nearly two decades. She's a Reiki master healer, community leader, and positive force in the universe. Bevan, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it is always a joy to get to be with you, Ashley Manta. Um, Also, can we talk about the top waterproof blanket just for a second? We can. As a queer femme with an incontinent elder cat, I would love a top waterproof blanket. So if they want to send me one, pink and blue sounds great. 
I will absolutely pass that along because I cannot tell you how helpful it is to have a blanket like that, that will just keep your bed nice and dry. Yes, exactly. There's so many watery things that can come into your life and wow, caregiving involves a lot of body fluids. So, you know, (laughs) Oh, props to Biscuit Reynolds, the beautiful, wonderful elderly cat that graces Bevan's life. I love him dearly, and it is an honor to clean up after him, but it sure would be easy if I could throw that blanket in the washer and dryer. And <laughs> like, it's, it's like a whole sandwich, because I learned early on from this book, The Fan's Guide to the Universe, that like create your bed like a comfy mountain nest. And like when people come into your bed, they just feel like it's such an honor to be in this most comfortable sanctuary. But mm-hmm. mostly for us, for honoring ourselves and our bodies, like we spend so much time in bed. Um, it should feel luxurious and cozy. I could not agree more. And feeling luxurious and cozy is really the name of the game in all aspects of life, wherever possible. And uh, for those who have not yet had the pleasure of, of receiving Bevan's sparkly energy through either her aerobics classes or internet presence on Facebook and, and Instagram, I became aware of Bevan because I was a Bevan fangirl. I saw Bevan's Pop Sugar video that went viral back in what, 2017, 2016, 2017. 2017. 2017. 2017. Capricorn full moon of 2017. Yes. And I saw this video and I just thought that looked like the coolest thing. I always felt very uncomfortable in traditional aerobics classes not being particularly coordinated, not being particularly like fit and bendy. And your videos looked so approachable and fun and, you know, clapping for self-care, high-fiving for self-care and cheering for awkward. And like, do you want to share a little bit about how Fat Kid Dance Party came to be and, and what Joyful Movement has done in your life? Yes. Um, I like to say I am a Girl Scout camp counselor who has finally found her way in the world. Um, And from being a camp counselor, somehow I became a queer drag performer, uh, which was really liberating. That was actually where I fell into the right group of people who actually told me, oh, fat people can love their bodies and you can be a babe and be fat and like you can be femme and be queer. Like all of those things that I did not know and had been trying to stuff myself into I was trying to contort myself into what would be socially acceptable for many years. And so finding friends that helped to see me for who I really was changed my life. Like we become the five people we spend the most time around. And I did a lot of drag performance and then um, culture creation. Uh, I was a New York nightlife performer for a long time and producer. I created a lot of nightlife And then when I moved to Los Angeles, I had already given up drinking, which almost everyone I know who works in nightlife has given up drinking. (laughs) And and I'm very much like, they call it California sober, right? When you still smoke weed, but you don't drink. Um, and And actually, you know, giving up alcohol helped me have a better relationship to cannabis as medicine. And oh, I'm so grateful for cannabis for for the the cannabis plant spirit that gets to work through us and psilocybin and all the other beautiful ways that I can heal with plants. But um, I kind of became a day gay in many ways. Like once I moved to LA, I knew um, uh, dancing and aerobics and movement was really good for my mental health. And I was dealing with the like big change of moving from New York City to Los Angeles. 
And I went to these uh, aerobics classes that said that they were all levels and they were not all levels. I was so just, I see who's excluded in this because of the way you're teaching this. This is, you're just saying it's all levels, but you don't really mean it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just recognized that. And, and I saw some holes in it. And in many ways, every class I teach, I thank my decolonial and queer ancestors for showing me the way, because I could never have created this class without them showing me what life was like on the other side of shame and choosing to do the thing, even though it's never existed before. Like I had never seen a fat aerobics instructor before. And I had, of course, learned that there were so many ways of doing things that were unexpected as a fat person, or even as a woman, you know, like Mm -hmm. growing up, I'm so grateful. My mom at least had feminism in the home, you know, and like, and, and had Catholicism not in the home. So I feel like I I lucked out in those two areas, but she certainly um, reinforced body, what I would call body fascism in my home. And um, it it always felt like my body was wrong and I was Mm -hmm. fucking up because I had a fat body and because I didn't like exercise. And you know what? Like what I realized now is I was a baby aerobics genius. I had this like very specific way I wanted to move my body. And that brought me joy that like, and I can feel it now, like a lot of movement out there for me is a hard no, because I know what's a full body. Yes. And so, and that's okay. If people out there love all sorts of movement, like uh, boot camp things, good for you. Love that for you. Not for me. Like I'm like, totally. I want to have fun. I want to distract myself from movement or from doing things the hard way. Like I am not playing the game on hard anymore. I am playing the game on joy, joy mode only. And everything in my aerobics class is passed through the lens of what can make this fun, what can make this joyful. Um, And also I'm just a fucking nerd about, can we swear? Yes, we fucking can. (laughs) I'm fucking heard about the physiology of high performance and how bodies function the best because I know like the one of the coolest things about humans is that we figured a lot out about this, these meat sacks that are on the planet. Right. And so there's a lot of movement that has existed for 5000 years that like really helps and is very healing. Like if you just shake out your full body, that is so therapeutic. Um, Like if you look at cats and dogs, right? Like they shake out all the time to like release trauma and to shift and regulate their nervous systems. It's the most natural thing that our bodies can do, but we've been colonized out of it. And so I think reclaiming movement that has existed and like also just the nostalgia of music, I think is very healing for those of us who have had what I call a fat kid experience. And you don't have to have been a fat kid, like, but if you have ever felt too awkward or been called too much like that's your light shining through and other people seeing that like and making fun of you for that that's just them being too little you know Mm -hmm. like and trying to punish you because they haven't been allowed to be there fully self-expressed and so like it's like a snake eating its tail and as soon as you decide to check out from a supremely sick society and just focus on your joy and who you really are I think you're gonna live a much happier life I couldn't agree more. I think we try so hard to fit ourselves into this box because that's what we're told will, you know, that's how you become a productive member of society. That's how you fit in. That's how you find communities is to, to be this person that is palatable to everyone. And, and certainly like, you know, you and I lived in, in Los Angeles and there is kind of one way to have a body in Los Angeles in in mainstream 
society. And it looks a lot like a Russian model, which is kind of hilarious. And <laughs> right. Like interesting. So it's very easy to feel like, oh, that's not me. I can't be that person. And so I must be wrong instead of looking at it and going, this is this is a broken system. This is the matrix. And I want to unplug from the matrix and be my own person and and define joy on my terms, define beauty on my terms, because it is so subjective. Like you can have the most, you know, aesthetically pleasing flower in the world that has the perfect proportions and just the right colors. And somebody's going to look at it and go, I don't like that flower. It's ugly. Like it's so subjective. And so being the arbiter of your own standards of beauty and doing things that really fill you with joy rather than trying to be what everyone else wants you to be, I think is such a valuable lesson. Yeah. And like, you know, just to get into the meat of what we're talking about, I think cannabis really helps me chill the fuck out. Like, yes, it's like, bitch, be gone. It's the thing. I mean, I'm a Capricorn with a Virgo rising, just like Dolly Parton. And like, I am so hard to turn off, you know, and like, I and my work muscle can go and go. And so it's just helpful for me to have a plant that I can connect to that can slow me down and help me experience the world around me in the pace that we're meant to um, our bodies evolve so much slower than our minds and our bodies really thrive when we slow down and connect to nature because nothing in nature is in a rush and our bodies are never in a rush but we live in this like again supremely sick society that wants us to have everything instantly and it's made up we don't have to live like that and i would actually even say like instead of just defining beauty standards for yourself Find the beauty in everything around you, including yourself, because they're like, oh, my, one of my favorite scenes in the Barbie movie is where she looks at the old woman. She'd never seen an old woman before. And she just saw so much beauty in her. And she said, you are so beautiful. And like, that's the thing is like, and I loved when the woman said, I know. And that's the thing that comes with age. I wouldn't even say age experience and evaluated experience at that. There's a lot of very unhappy people who are old. But the people who are the happiest, like the most joyful, like uh, our patron saint, Betty Dodson, uh, just like going out in her 90s, like having tons of orgasms and just experiencing the joy of having a meat sack and having let go of these expectations of what it's supposed to look like. I mean, when I sit back and I look at actual human diversity, I see snowflakes. I see something different in everyone. And the same is true with flowers. The same is true. Like we're kind of taught this like idea of sameness, but like, if you just like sift through like a pile of pinto beans, you can see different markings on every single one of them. They're yes. all different. Like we are not made to be the same. We are made for diversity because God is trying to fuck around and find out like what happens when we put an Ashley Manta on the world, <laughs> put a Bevan into the world. And like, just like the acorn becomes the oak tree, we cannot become fully self-expressed if we're boxing ourselves in for other people's comfort that exact thing like the more that we try to shape ourselves into what's palatable and and deny our truth like the more we're really doing a disservice to the world and like we only get one go round in this particular meat sack like i one of my favorite things that i got from a ketamine journey was like this vision of your soul going to almost like a a car lot not used car cuz they're all new it's so, like going to a new car 
dealership and you go and you try out different like models of bodies and you're like, okay, this one has these things going on. And, oh, I like that it has this and it's this shape and size. And and you're like, okay, this is going to be my vehicle for this life. And you get a new one next life. But like, this is the one you picked for this life. So find the the joy in it. A hundred percent. Like there is, we can choose to learn through joy or pain. And I have experienced that many times because I used to play life on the hard mode and I used to only learn through pain when something like smacked me over the head, like a two by four. But if you slow down enough and listen, you can hear the messages long before they become pain. And like following your joy, like I would suggest everyone take a pause every night and just consider, I always like to do this when I'm uh, looking at the stars as part of my bedtime routine is to just go outside and like peek, see what, see what I can see and just consider what was the most joyful part of your day. What was your bright spot? Um, something that that practice really illuminated for me was it's always a human connection with someone else and how important it is to like have that. And I mean, like, usually it's a voice to voice connection, like a phone call or a zoom or an in-person Um, It could be texting, but usually it's something voice to voice. That's so beautiful. And, and I love that practice. I think, you know, if, if you take anything from this conversation that we're about to have, steal that practice, copy and paste it into your life and see what happens. And, you know, sort of adjacent to that is, is practice being in your body because like we have so many ways to numb out all the time. We live in a world where we're like on our phones constantly, we're doom scrolling, we're, you know, watching and like there's nothing wrong with any of those things to be clear but if you're doing them to the exclusion of actually spending some time in your body and in your own head it's going to impact you and so learning how to be present with your body and and find pleasure in your body through cannabis through movement you know not all pleasure has to be sexual no in fact most pleasure is not sexual um and i think there is So I want people that I I heard a teacher say this recently, like stay hungry, you know, Mm -hmm. like part of why we distract ourselves is because we're afraid to feel and we're afraid of the pain. Um, But honestly, like Alok V. Menon teaches that in order to heal, you have to hurt. Um, And like, I don't know that everything has to hurt, but some things need to something, some things you need to just acknowledge that they were fucking hard. And it was really unfair that that happened to you. Um, And like, it, it's not your responsibility that that happened, but it's certainly your responsibility to heal it so that you can experience your joy and hear, you know, what I think is your marching orders from the divine, which is just your joy path and what wants to be created through you. Um, as someone who is a very creative person, but also has been held back by doubts and insecurity much of my life, like even still that stuff flares up. It's you're, you're not healed. You're never going to be healed. It, it, yeah. It, I'm going to break your heart right now. It's a journey. It's a constant journey for healing and for success. Like, and the only way to get to success is to fail forward, to just keep failing and figure out what doesn't work. So you can figure out what does work. And the same thing for healing is like, you're just going to come back up against like the same crap you've dealt with before again and again, but you're always a different version of yourself. If you're committed to just getting 1% better every day, or maybe even 0.1% better every day, like you're going to get better and it's going to be easier to deal with the doubts and insecurity. But something I recently realized as I was like trying to stifle creative impulses coming through, because I was experiencing resistance, just telling myself a story, oh, it's going to be too hard. It's going to stretch my capacity too much. Right. 
but like I was realizing I was suffering under the weight of not creating the thing that wanted to be birthed through me. And I think a lot of times when we numb out, we're like just avoiding the stuff that just wants to be looked at and loved. Mm -hmm. And you can never love yourself more. You can never love someone else more than you can love the hardest parts of yourself to love. Mm -hmm. And like even the insecurities, even the doubts, like they want to be loved because you can actually transmute them by loving them. Like the stuff that I was once incredibly insecure about, I'm not anymore, but there's still like kind of the overarching, like, fear of being seen or the fear of being too much or shining my light too much and like I didn't come here to play it small you know no you didn't and and none of us did and I it's it's such a powerful lesson because I think and you know I'll speak for myself I have found myself at various points in relationships trying to morph and chameleon into what I think that person wants me to be so that they'll choose me yeah and that's really unfair to both of us. It's unfair to them because they're getting manipulated basically. And it's unfair to me because I'm not giving them a chance to really know me and see me in all of my totality. And, you know, there's that fear, that story that we tell ourselves that like, oh, if they really knew me, if they really saw this part of me or that part of me, then they wouldn't love me. And like, I'm starting to really believe that that those are the things you should lead with because better to figure that out on the front end if that's a deal breaker for them and, you know, lovingly send them on their way because for somebody that's going to be a fucking asset. Yes, absolutely. And also insecurity is judging somebody else before you actually get the chance to know them. And it's so interesting because you're like putting up all these walls and trying to manage them so right. that you can feel safe, which is actually incredibly selfish. Like, mm -hmm. Be selfish in the ways that you experience like your joy and moving towards your goals. Don't be selfish in the way that you connect with other people. Try to be others focused, you know, like how can I add value to this person? How can I connect with this person? How can I help this person feel loved and believed and listened to? Like one of the most sacred things you can do as an ally to folks who are having a trans or gender nonconforming or LGBT experience of any kind is just, I believe you. That's it. Like yeah. nobody needs you to judge them. <laughs> they don't want to be judged. They want to be believed and loved. Yes. Oh, that's so perfect. So we're going to hang on just a second. We need to do a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors, and we will be right back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, and we are talking with Bevan, the body positive aerobics instructor. Stay there. We'll be right back. But right now, let's tell everybody about Topless Travel and the amazing trips we have planned for next year. Absolutely. So, you know, Topless Travel offers the sexiest and most erotic vacation experiences ever from hedonism to in jamaica desire in cancun and all the bliss cruise adventures topless travel needs to be your number one choice other trips are all about pushing boundaries and exploring your naughty side and their exclusive sexy host couples like jessica and justin and party mark are always there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation absolutely so you know you'll find us on many of the topless travel trips but listen up we'll be back at hedonism 2 for their swinging for newbies event april 6th the 14th 2024 um and we hope to meet you there perhaps say uh, you come up say hello and be on our show and um tell us about your first experience at hito 
And for more information about their trips, visit toplesstravel.com to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And as a quick reminder, if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. That's sdc.com and promo code 30314. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I'm Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David today. Now, let's get back to our show with body positive aerobics instructor, Bevan. All right. So before the break, we were talking about, you know, the importance of of showing yourself and, and letting yourself be seen as a gift. And I want to talk a little bit about how cannabis and movement and pleasure can all feed each other, especially like when it comes to self-pleasure, because, you know, we talk a lot in sex about sex with other people, but I think we neglect talking about sex with ourselves and, and dancing and being naked and using cannabis. Like, I think all of those things can go so beautifully together. What are your, what are your initial thoughts? Oh, I have so many thoughts. So I love cannabis and movement as someone who like finds a lot of exercise yucky, you know, like, I just, it can make me feel like moving, you know? And in fact, frequently, uh, whenever I use psilocybin, um, I like set aside knowledge that I'm going to need to do some yoga because my body just desires to stretch and move like when Mm -hmm. I'm using uh, psilocybin. So the same is sometimes true with cannabis and cannabis is, I would really encourage you to get on Ashley Manta's email list because you get her free strain tracker. Because as we know, no strains are the same for all of our different human chemistries right and i would say even my interaction with strains changes as i change um but like keeping track of like what your strain is going to do for you like when i welcome a new strain into my posse like give it a little i give it a little energy you know reiki healing if you're reiki attuned um but also like that first time i try it i'm just going to get to know like what does this strain do with my body chemistry and if I want to move, I have my movement strains, right? Like the ones that like help me really drop into my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a sativa because I also use it as an antidepressant. But like, you know, certain strains really work in my body. So edibles are really good for me for movement. I don't like to use them when I teach because I want to have like, I'm just doing a lot when I'm teaching. But like, uh, when I'm trying to relax and move, that's what I'm going to use. Um, and really just allowing the the high to drop into your body and to just like, I mean, even every time you smoke, you can just consider like feeling it in your body. I think a lot of times if if you're a regular partaker of cannabis plant medicine, like we can get very like, you know, routine about it and not into the sensuous experience that it is. Like, mm-hmm. remember the first few times you got high and like how much it like really takes over your body. And like, that is such a fun and juicy pleasure filled sort of way to experience plant medicine. And, um, I also like simple, slow movement, um, in general, like my body's never in a rush. Uh, and also like, you've got to really watch your blood pressure, um, when you're using plant medicine. So, you know, like same caution for using a hot tub with plant medicine. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, just nothing too jarring up and down. This is why most of your ganja yoga practitioners are going to keep you on the ground for Mm -hmm. your practice. Um, and I do canicize and I never go on the ground in any of my movement classes because that's just not what my body wants to do. And larger bodies, it just takes a longer time to interact with gravity in a more cautious way so that we can sustain the bodies that we have. Because um, it's just a you know, very neutral interaction with gravity <laughs> based on your mass. Like it has nothing to do with your value. It is just neutrally how you experience gravity. 
Um, and I also want to point out too, that like, just from a body mass perspective, core work, um, like your core is just all the muscles around that are keeping you attached to your spine. Mm -hmm. And a lot of back pain comes from weak core. Mm -hmm. And I would really encourage people to do some standing core work, like just like elbow towards your knee. You don't have to do a lot, but like holding your core muscles, squeeze your abs and just do elbow towards knee. You can do it sitting, you can do it standing, but these types of very low movement things will tighten up your core just enough that it might relieve back pain for you. And like, that's, it's a life-changing difference for me. Like when I had a a larger body and more mass and I was experiencing back problems because I wasn't moving and using my core, um, I realized that just a little bit of core work really made the difference between excruciating pain and like, oh, I can move around. Because like once you're in a really painful experience of a body, it's hard to get to movement. So another great part of cannabis plant medicine is the analgesic effect and the pain relief. Um, I love the terpene uh, myrcene for pain relief and anti-inflammatory lifestyles. And so that can help too. And topicals as well. Like if you have things that hurt um, using your topicals, like in it, with knee pain, here's the, the the trick, you want to use it on top of the knee and on the back of the knee so that it really gets a chance to absorb. Um, and that can help relieve you enough. And also if you're using analgesic for pain relief, pain is your body's no thank you. So just remember that like my knee is sore and I've experienced soreness in my knee. So like, I'm not gonna do like heavy knee stuff or like get down on my knees and do things right. Like, right. Yeah. This is not the day for air squats. No, it's a, your knees are a non-renewable resource. So if you're having like pain relief, you want to like also not exacerbate the pain. So like right. if you're and if you're having knee stuff, I'm just going to keep throwing info at you. Like strengthen your thigh muscles, like really get into those thighs because that will relieve a lot of knee stuff is like uh, you know, a lot of body stuff is just something from somewhere else in the body showing up. Right. So like it's like thigh stuff and calf stuff, like stretching your calves relieves back pain, too, because it just helps to take pressure off of other places because it's creating more elasticity in the body. I've talked a long time. You talk. No, this is, it's so (laughs) valuable because it's really hard to experience pleasure when you're in pain. Yes. And, you know, movement, it took me a long time to understand and decouple movement from weight loss or movement from body contouring in some way you know, growing up much in the way that you did with like, you can't be fat. You can't be, you know, you have to work out because your body has to look a certain way. I resented exercise. I was like, fuck you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sweat it out in the gym. That doesn't feel good for me. I don't like it. And you know, why can't I just like my body the way it is? And it it's, it's so important to know that you can love your body by moving it. And that's really what the point of movement is. It's not to get in shape. It's not to get that those six pack abs and to make sure you don't have any, you know, jiggles or bulges. Like those are all fine. It's just a skin suit. Like it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's sexy. It's handsome. It's gorgeous. It's whatever adjective you like best. And movement can just be for functionality for making your body feel flexible and strong so that it can continue to move you through the world. So you can see beautiful things and do the things that you want it to do when you want it to do them. And, you know, respect its limits. Like not all bodies are capable of all things, even under the best of circumstances. And that's okay too. But 
But I think, yeah, moving from a place of like exercises for weight loss or or appearance into exercise as a way that I get to love my body was such a huge shift for me. And, and a shift that I'm still, you know, integrating because it's so contrary to all the before and after pictures we see on Instagram. Yes, I, it's uh, it's alchemical to get into our why before we do something. And we really are taught that like exercises for weight loss. It's like one of the most um, difficult parts for me about marketing my aerobics class. Cause like weight loss isn't my goal. It's like to help you be more yourself, which is like a wild goal. Like joy is my work product. If you feel a smile on your face and more joyful after my class, Oh, if you cried during my class, I feel oh, so successful. Yes. <laughs> Cause it's like, I want you to move those feelings. They're coming up cause you're safe to feel them. And a lot of times when you're feeling feelings come through you and you're on a healing journey, it's cause you weren't safe to feel it when you were 11 years old and now your body is safe to feel it. And so it's almost a compliment. Um, but also like, there's so much good why in movement. Like for me, it's like my, my biggest motivation is mental health. I like to enjoy the life I have and I have a hard time enjoying it when I'm depressed and frozen on the couch. So like moving, I know is one of the best ways for me to like pump those chemicals that like, you know, for whatever neutral reason, my ancestors like gave me these serotonin deficiencies. But like, I also, I've never used SSRIs or anything like that and no shade to anybody who finds healing and benefit from them. But I've just had a lot of friends with a lot of wacky side effects. And I'm like, let me see if I can just like move and like do the thing that my body could get from these pills. And that works for me. And cannabis is really helpful for me in terms of like getting into this space to be willing to move. Um, and like, I also like use it. I mean, it's not just mental health, it's emotional health, just moving the emotions. Emotions are, there's nothing wrong with you if you're the person who has all the big feelings in your relationship. You know, like you, like having big feelings is just literally you being a good antenna to like the, the information that's coming through you. Like it's just information, their energy in motion. They just want to move. And it can feel, especially like with depression, it can feel like you're going to feel that way forever. But it's scientifically proven that if you can change the thought that it, you're going to be depressed forever. So you got to just, you can't control the first thought, but you can control your second, third and subsequent thoughts. So just remember you're watching a river and like if a turd floated past you, you don't have to grab the turd and keep floating with it. You can wait for like, you know, a little floaty to come by and grab that instead. So change your thoughts to, I can feel differently and I will feel differently. And then number two, do something different with your body. And the movement I teach um, that's scientifically proven to reverse depression is heart to the sky, mouth and a big Muppet smile. And like, just do that for two minutes. I like to kind of open and close my elbows. So I'm opening my heart while I'm doing it. But you could literally just do it laying in your bed. And that two minutes of that can reverse depression. That's so powerful to like have those kinds of somatic cues to to give to your body to let it know that it's it's safe to move through what's happening. And I think, you know, we live in a culture that is so predisposed to just numb out and whether it's with substances or TV or our phones and, and to be present and breathe with the emotions, allow them instead of shoving them. And, you know, I, from you, I learned emotions take, what is it? 90 seconds to two minutes to clear. 90 seconds to clear strong emotion. Probably not even that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's and when you're having a strong emotion, just breathe through it. You're birthing a new version of yourself on the other side of feeling this feeling that you were afraid to feel. Cause that's really why we're distracting ourselves. Cause we're, we're socialized to put away our feelings for other people's comfort. And so like distraction is the thing that we've been sort of socialized to do. And now we have these phones, which are just like full of distractions. Right. And what you can do instead is feel the feeling and become the version of you on the other side of it so that you can like bravely step to the next adventure in life. And like, it's babies are like the best teachers because they are born fully self-loving. Like, have you ever seen a baby discover their feet for the first time? They're like, what are these? Right. Like, (laughs) here. But babies actually can feel the full range of human emotions. Like imagine feeling joy and grief at the same time as a baby, right? And babies still have the physiological impulses that we're born with to cry their little heads off because they're just feeling all the feelings. And like, I love that for them. And I want that for you. And what you're going to have to do, I think, as a person who's socialized in a profoundly sick society is have your tool belt, like tool chest, like whatever, like I like doing opening and closing your arms, like as a way to move feelings, because it'll help if you feel like you need to cry, but you can't cry. This will help you create the relief that your body is seeking. Um, I do really encourage the sobbing and the big feelings because that's a catharsis, which I I haven't found a way to find catharsis with your body, except maybe with like really good sex, like mm. to find that catharsis that your body wants from the sobbing. Cause like you're sobbing, like, honestly, I wouldn't hang out with anybody and judge them for crying in front of me. I would ask them and hope that I hope that crying was cathartic. Yes. Uh, and like anybody who does judge you for crying is judging themselves 10 times harder. And I feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it is the greatest gift to share our most vulnerable emotions with the people who have earned the right to hold space for it. Like that's one of my favorite, like Brene Brown nuggets is like, share your stories with people who have earned the right to hear them. And, you know, it's, it's not like, we're not saying go up to a stranger on the street and start crying on their shoulder. Like that's inappropriate, but it's actually kind of manipulative. It's it's also manipulative. Yeah. Like don't do that. That's not cool. But you go before the intimacy, right? Like you need the vulnerability to create the intimacy. And so it's like, trust it, trust it. If you're starting to cry, trust it and let it go. Like cry in a class, who cares? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a teacher seeing you cry, isn't going to give you a worse grade. And if they do fuck them and send a letter to the administration, you know, like all these people who were taught are in charge of us. That is social carceral systems being uh, leveraged to control you. And it, be ungovernable. It's one of the best things that I've done for myself is like, I am just ungovernable at this point. Like no dads, no masters, no controlling boyfriends. Like it is all about like, how can I just be me in the best way possible? I have really clear priorities. Like I used to run my life based on other people's priorities for me and I was miserable. And Mm -hmm. so my priorities are to teach great aerobics, to be the best Bevan I can be and to love my people. And people who are going to judge me or be mean to me for crying, like, those are not my people. Those are not your people. I used to cry every yoga class I would go to. Like, about halfway through, I'd be holding a pose and all of a sudden, like, the tears would just start flowing. And at first, I was very self-conscious. Like, okay, I got to do this quietly. I don't want to interrupt anyone else's practice. And then it, it occurred to me that, like, one, it's a gift to model 
that kind of vulnerability and and to let yourself feel things and to like feelings just need a place to go like they they are a tunnel they will pass it is a cycle you have to complete the cycle as emily nagoski teaches us in her amazing book burnout which if you have not read fucking go read that book i don't care how you identify although the the book is largely marketed toward people who identify as women but like i just had my little brother read it i was like dude you gotta you gotta check this shit out because he doesn't have the benefit of cannabis because he's in the military, but he does have the benefit of movement and and embodiment. And it makes such a difference. What a shame that they don't let them heal with cannabis, these stressed out people having guns. <laughs> like, Yeah. We're going to talk about the military industrial complex. Yes. Um, uh, but we do love your brother. We do. Uh, I do really think it's just like truly the liberation of all people comes from self-love. It comes from like finding the safe part that exists inside you and can never be squashed that you can take everywhere. And it helps you just be brave enough to be you and exist and like feel your feelings. And I bet when you were crying at yoga class, you were doing hip openers because we tend to store our grudges in our hips. And, um, especially those of you out there with cancer placements, cancers love to hold a grudge, like do your hip openers so that you can release them. Cause you don't, you can't hold on to them. Like they're just holding you back. They are. And we are going to talk about the other things that hold you back in relationships in just a second. Let's just remind everyone that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David today. And we are having an amazing discussion with Bevan, the body positive aerobics instructor. But now let me tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do. I'm a sex and relationship coach. I am the creator of Canisexual. I am the co-facilitator in concierge coaching and therapy with Dr. Shannon Chavez. And I'm the creator of the Activating Your Cosmic Pussy uh, series of workshops and retreats for women who want to embrace their sex witch powers and and own their desires and feel more confident in their pussies and manifest their life of their dreams with orgasms. You can find me on my website, canisexual.com to learn all about that. This is the sexy lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta. Now let's get back to our show with Bevan, our body positive aerobics instructor. Bevan, one of the things we were sort of talking about are the things that get in the way. So what have you seen in your own life, in in the lives of the people that you've worked with in terms of like when people's body confidence issues or their dysmorphia gets in the way of them being able to be really present in their bodies in the presence of a partner? Oh man. Uh, It's really hard to like have a body in a society Mm -hmm. that just, it's like constant from everywhere you go, family, media, like teaching you that there's a wrong way to have a body. And I just want to remind you, there's no wrong way to have a body. And if you are in a room with someone and naked with them, probably they want to have sex with you. You know, like, I mean, spa is excluded, but you know what I mean? Like by the time you're there, they're into it. So like one of the best things you can do is to just do your best to just be present and enjoy your body because the right partner wants you to experience pleasure. And it's really hard to experience pleasure if you're like stressed out about like, appearing perfect, you know, like, oh, I need to pose in this way so that they can't see my roles. You know what? 
I have rolls. I don't care. You know, like I have cellulite. I don't even really fully understand cellulite because I've had it since I was like a teen. You know, as mm-hmm. soon as my body started changing, I got stretch marks and right. like they're little lightning bolts. You know, they're just like special things that make you special little snowflake. Right. And that's the thing is like, uh, I'm going to quote John Clayton Mayer. <laughs> And just say like your body is a wonderland like that's the point like you check like I don't like to mark sex as like a sex act like I think heterosexuals really fuck up in this way where they assume sex is just this one like you know external genitalia internal genitalia that's what's happening it is so boring like sex to me is how much time do we have and like it's the pregame huddle, which I learned from Ashley Manta in her Activate Your Cosmic Pussy Masterclass. Yes. Uh, so good. It's so fun to see your friends just do the thing that they're great at and that they're on this planet to do. Like it is <laughs> heartening. Ugh, I want to cry thinking about how great your class is. Um, but like the sex huddle, before you have sex with someone, have a huddle, like long before you get into the bedroom, talk about like, what's going to make you both comfortable. Think about your five sense- senses, create time boundaries and create space for aftercare. Um, I learned that from, I learned Savasana after sex and masturbation from Dr. Shannon Chavez, like, mm-hmm. like you need some time to lay there and just experience your body, like having pleasure chemicals floating through it. Like your body wants to rest a little bit after you've had an orgasm or five. I mean, yes. like to me, I follow the Lil Kim rules of sex. Like um, how many orgasms do I want to have? 21 and another one and another one and another one, like however many, like my body wants to have that day. Right. And mm-hmm. maybe it's zero and neutrally experience the body that is present today. Right. And so like, talking about what you want, what sex acts feel exciting that day. And like, um, really being intentional about your sex act, like the why of everything is your magic. And so like, if you have done those things ahead of time, that is going to really help you have more of a mission than like, oh, how's my body being perceived, you know? And like, because it's like a team sport. Sex is a team sport, you know? And it's and the same is true for masturbation. Like when you're just doing it for yourself, like think about like, how do I want to feel? I'm a lazy masturbator. I think you've said this too, that you're also a lazy masturbator. Like I'm, I'm like path of least resistance, but if I'm having sex with someone else, I'm going to spend a lot of time because like my body enjoys having an orgasm but like i find a lot of pleasure from walking through the woods and like being present like having a cosmic connection with the celestial body and experiencing the sun or the stars or the moon which like i am uh polyamorously identified and i am in a long-term poly relationship with the moon and if any of you also are we are metamors and i'm glad to know you um hell yes that was one of my favorite things to teach in Cosmic Pussy was that you can have sex with the moon and stars and then the sun and the trees and the ocean. Mm-hmm. All of it. And this time of year, Jupiter is like so bright and like um raises like right across from my door. So I go out and say hi to him every night. And like, uh, I'd love the planets. I love these celestial objects. And like, again, something that brings me a lot of peace in these chaotic times is just knowing that the celestial objects have always been surrounding Earth. And like, people have been having relationships with Jupiter and the moon and like all of the Venus. Ah, what a babe. You know, like just Mm -hmm. years and years and like for millennia that have existed long before humans came up with the problems of colonization and apartheid. Yeah. It's it's really beautiful to tap into that ancient eroticism that just like flows through the cosmos. And 
if you're fixated on your perceived flaws of the parts of your body that you think are unworthy for whatever reason, because of what society told you, and like, let's not forget that anyone, anything, any company, especially that is trying to make you feel bad about yourself is almost always trying to sell you the solution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of these gyms and fitness influencers, what are they selling you? They're selling you workout stuff. They're selling you, if you just get this sneaker or this, you know, equipment or this outfit, you're going to feel better about yourself. If you, you know, if, if the diet industry makes you feel like it's not okay to have a bigger body, of course, you're going to buy their weight loss supplements and their like specialized diets. And they're going to, you're going to buy into their fucking like podcasts and, and books and on all the things like Think about who is being served by you hating yourself. Somebody is making money off of that. So like, don't be a part of the system. Don't let that pollute your brain. Like you have to really like part of being adult. And we talk about this in Cosmic Pussy is, you know, you have this garden in your mind and there are things that have been planted there by people other than you, whether it's your family of origin or culture or religion or society at large. And like your job as an adult is to be the steward of your garden and to go through and pull out the things that are not serving you and the things that are distracting you from being present and enjoying what's happening with you and another person or you and, you know, you and your partner and another couple or whoever, like you're experiencing eroticism in that moment. If you're thinking about, oh, God, I don't look right or, oh, that other person's not going to be enjoying my body because this other person's prettier and maybe they'd rather be with them, like, you're robbing yourself of the joy of what's happening instead of just being like, you know what? I'm here. You're here. Let's enjoy it. And you know what? If you don't like it, if you didn't enjoy it, you don't have to do it again. That's okay. It's like Russell Sprouts. Um, Who profits off this self-loathing is a great question I like to ask myself. Um, I also like to remind people, this is a quote from Bunny Michael, who's a great follow on Instagram.com. Uh, but Bunny Michael says like, when every time you're feeling bad about yourself, you're hallucinating a colonialist nightmare and it's a nightmare pill that you were fed and shame is not a real emotion. Shame is something that we're taught by systems and people. And just like you lead the garden, like shame is just an information emotion. When I'm feeling shame about something, I want to investigate and just get curious with compassionate curiosity. It's one of the greatest teachings I can give you is just to get curious with compassion about yourself and about others. If someone is being a sea witch to you, like Ursula, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she just reminds me like, if someone's being a sea witch, get curious instead of being a sea witch back to them. You know, like you can just get compassionate and curious. Like, what is this shame teaching me? You know, often I feel vulnerability hangovers when I create. And yet I know my creations are one of those sacred gifts I can give is like thing, the wisdom I've learned or like, you know, my aerobics classes. The first time I ever taught, I do a, I do a lot of intentional silliness on my aerobics floor because silliness and play are part of how we heal our inner child. And um, I did, I do this cat aerobics routine to love cats by the cure. And like the first few times, the first time I ever taught it on my Zoom class, one of my most judgy neighbors walked by and I was like, oh shit, I feel like I'm being judged. And like, also, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just going to be a cat. And now it's like one of the funnest things for me to teach. Um, and my students love it. And so just like getting into the silliness and play of creation and living and like not taking things too seriously because like we think everyone's judging us, but most of the time people are thinking about themselves. And if we can just, again, get others focused and think about like, how can I add value to this person? And how can I, 
connect with this person instead of like so selfishly focusing on like what are they perceiving about me and like and honestly anytime I hear someone being judgmental I feel sorry for them because I know they're being judgmental to themselves way more than even what they're doing with other people absolutely it's I remember hearing that like when you're pointing a finger at other people you have three fingers pointing back at yourself it's like yeah, that's a thing. If you look at someone's body, you know, if you're at a swingers resort and you see a body that isn't particularly appealing to you and you just start like, you know, kind of shitting on it mentally, even not out loud, but like in your own head, that's a really good moment to be like, wow, why is this so confronting to me? Like, why is that scary? Why does this person just living their life in my presence, like cause all of this like toxic stuff to come out of my brain. That's really interesting. Again, that compassionate curiosity of like, is that the person I want to be in the world? Yeah. It's a great opportunity for a good mantra. I like the mantra. All bodies are good bodies when that yeah. comes up. Um, it's also a great opportunity uh, to recognize jealousy and envy too can come up when you think about other people's bodies or lives or in a polyamorous situation, someone's going on a date with someone else. And like, just those are information emotions. Like they're real emotions, but not like shame, but like real emotions, shame, I would call it manufactured emotion, but like an emotional experience with shame, but it is not your genuine emotion. There's Mm -hmm. something that wants to be revealed that's being covered up by shame. This is also like when people come in with weight loss goals who are like potential clients for anyone out there who has clients, Mm -hmm. like get curious about what is underneath. What's the real motivation? Do you want to feel stronger? Do you want to feel healthier? Do you want to feel more vibrant? Do you want to feel a different experience of your body? Like weight loss always has information under it, but we're taught that the problem is weight, but actually it's not, it's something way deeper. Um, but I would just say that, um, jealousy and insecurity and like envy are information of something that you want for yourself and that you could potentially solve in a different way. And I would also say that some, some cannabis strains, depending on how the medicine works with you might be your go-to for when you're feeling jealous, jealousy or envy, like, Oh, I, maybe I want to do this strain. Like I would go for one of my more playful strains, like just to like shift my mood. Cause again, bitch be gone. Like, um, you know, okay, I'm feeling jealous or I'm feeling left out or I'm feeling envious, you know, like uh, <laughs> my most, one of my recent experiences with envy was like seeing Taylor Swift on her birthday, her 33rd birthday. She's uh, born 11 days before me, 11 years before that. Um, and I just felt envious because she was in the studio creating for her birthday. And like, I just, I can't wait to be in the studio again and creating another aerobics video series and getting to do that. And that just opportunity hasn't happened yet. And, but I was like, okay, well, how can I get curious about this and like do what I want to do on my birthday and like create. And so I created a a project for myself to do on my birthday, you know, like it's, it was just about like, how can I do this with the resources I have instead of focusing on like, what don't I have? focusing on what I do have and like allowing, you know, plant medicine to be part of the day to also help me to have a higher vibe experience. Absolutely. It's, it's so important to always bring it back to you. And, you know, I have clients all the time who are in relationships, especially non-monogamous clients who are like, I'm so afraid that my partner is going to go out with someone who's more attractive than I am. 
And then they're going to enjoy that more and they're going to leave me for that person. And, and so I, you know, whenever my partner's going out with someone, I stress out and I don't eat and I like have to work out really hard because I just want to have like this, this body that can compete, you know, quote unquote, with this other person who is a perceived threat to my relationship. And we externalize our safety so much. We we're giving our power away. You have the power to, be safe. to do that. <laughs> it's so fun. If I'm just successful enough, if I'm, you know, attractive enough, if I'm pleasant enough to be around, like we we commodify ourselves like we are a product to be consumed. And and then we wonder why we constantly feel like we're always at the risk of being, you know, left behind because ultimately like the safety. And I I tell my clients this all the time. Like if you really believe one, that your partner is going to leave you for someone more attractive, then is that a really good partner for you anyway? Like, is that, do you want to be with someone who is so shallow that they would give up like a, a deep connection with someone that they care about in favor of someone who's more conventionally attractive or more attractive to them in that moment, which, you know, attractiveness is such a fleeting subjective concept anyway but like ultimately for you the safety has to come from knowing that no matter what happens whether your partner leaves you for someone else or not you're gonna be okay you're gonna be fine you've got you you get to be the person you've been waiting for to come rescue you and claim you you get to honor and celebrate and love yourself and give you all give yourself all the safety that you've always thought was going to come from being with someone else like that's that's the work <laughs> you are cinderella you are prince charming and you are the fairy godmother all of it all of uh, it you're the pumpkin you're the mice like you're you're all of it and i think we give so much we're just socialized to give our power away um and we're socialized to not feel safe when in fact we are um but humans are interdependent by nature like literally we're we only started walking on two legs because um in the gestation period we could birth babies because we had a tribe to help support like new parents should not be cooking for themselves or working you know like the way that we're designed is really to be all hands on deck for this creature that can like fourth trimester cannot exist without the other creatures right so um we the the way capitalism really works is by in isolating us from the herd right and like making us feel bad and like we have to be a product and a commodity and attraction i think is just so much more chemical than we give it credit for like i think we're taught that attraction is like to look as a body type and to like have a symmetrical face and have eurocentric features and you know all of those things but actually attraction is i think more of the creation that wants to come through us you know and like there is so much potency in just surrendering to the animal parts of us and like remembering that your person is with you because they're with you you know and they're choosing to co-create i mean love is a verb quoting john mayer again (laughs) love's a verb right like love is an action and it is a constant choice to co-create and commit and i think a lot of people choose monogamy because they think it creates safety for them and like it's not true like you're as a as a person who has had monogamous and non-monogamous relationships my whole life mostly non-monogamous they're gonna leave you anyway you know what i mean like it's just what's happening and it's morally neutral sometimes like you're experience with a person is for a time and then you're meant to part ways and sometimes you find someone who is going to make a decision and a commitment instead of just a proposal 
and they are going to really be there to commit to support and amplify the both of you. And your person is not going to find a better amplifier than you if you choose to just keep growing and learning and being a better you. Exactly. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it. So as we, you know, we've covered so many amazing things. What are some like kind of wrap up thoughts that we really want people to take from this very rich conversation that we've had over the past hour? Like what, what are some action items that people can, can use to integrate these lessons into their lives? Well, first of all, all bodies are worthy of love exactly as they are. There is nothing you need to change. Like you don't need to have a movement practice. You don't need to like love yourself or banish all your insecurities. Like you can just be worthy of love just as you are. So that's number one, like you were born worthy, you stay worthy. Um, Number two, I think you have to seek the love inside you in order to be the you that you're meant to be. And like, I, that's, it's a lifetime journey. So like be gentle with yourself and don't expect it to ever be over, but try to figure out how to have fun in the process. And again, that joy practice that I talked about, like inventory your days and figure out where you found joy and pleasure and do more of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, recognize that like, this is how kids live and we get somehow socialized that we're supposed to have an end to this, but kids are uncomfortable all the time because they're learning new stuff, but then they play really hard because they also know that they're supposed to have a joyful experience in their meat sacks and then they rest, they sleep. So like really like this is why we cheer for awkward at aerobics because like being awkward is how you grow. That's how you go from the acorn to the oak tree. You get a little awkward. You find new places to put your roots and places to grow your branches. Right. So get awkward play, rest, repeat. Get awkward, play, rest, repeat. That's great advice. And hydrate. Oh my God. Drink oh my water. God. High five <laughs> for self-care. High uh, five for self-care. I can't control much in this world, but I am a hydrated woman and I stay that way. That's right. And it's so good for your body to hydrate. Like, uh, and if you squirt when you have sex, you need to hydrate more. Like extra. Because, <laughs> you know, I have soaked many a bed sheet before I got my top waterproof blanket and you always need to hydrate afterwards it's so important (laughs) waterproof I want it pink and blue please send it to me love you yes (laughs) so Bevan thank you so much for sharing all of this great wisdom and insight could you please tell everyone listening how they can find your work online and on social media and your website please visit me at fatkiddanceparty.com. That is the hub for all of my aerobics. Um, And I also have been keeping up a blog for 15 years, queerfatfem.com, which is the relentless pursuit of my joy. I can't even describe all the things I talk about. It's really just a fun adventure with me. Um, I am Bevan's Party on all the social media channels you can think of. And also Fat Kid Dance Party is on the Instagram and Facebook too. So you can follow me there. And I have a Patreon, which is a member support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me to do and create work that you value in the world. It's free to follow me there, but it's also the greatest way to become a member of my aerobics. And so patreon.com slash FKDP is how you can support me. Fantastic. If you missed any of that information, just go to thesexylifestyle.com where every guest has their own guest page with all of their information. You can even contact them there if you have questions about their work. Wow. 
the end of another great show with another amazing guest. Bevan, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it was my honor. I feel like we have created so many great hours of content together. Ashley, this I think is our best one. I love to peek with you. I love to peek with you too. (laughs) And a special thanks to all of you for listening week in and week out. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Canisexual, my online courses at elevatedintimacy.com. And I am taking on a limited number of premium clients for concierge coaching and therapy with Dr. Shannon Chavez. You can find more information about that on my website, ashleymanta.com. Tune in again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and pleasure, and all of the fun ways to spice up your sex life. That's it for our show today. On behalf of Carol and David, I'm Ashley Manta, sending you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe, and of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. <laughs> <laughs>